Hi everyone, welcome to Synergy Stories, our new podcast from Synergy Fitness, which aims to connect with people who are leading high-performing lives from right across the island community. These people have different stories, but also share commonalities. The fabrics may be different, but the threads of success are similar. In the studio. In house. The dining room. People don't need to know that. Owner of Reset Breathe. Mother of four. Fine children. And might I say very patient wife of a Mr. John Brio. Here in the studio, myself, Chris McPhee and Travis McIsaac. We're very lucky to have Tracy here today. Theme song Tracy chose is Alicia Keys. Alicia. 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 Um, so, Trace, start with that. Why? That one is sort of like my get back in the game after I try to get my kids on the bus and one of them hides in the ditch and I like still manage to get them on the bus <laughs> and not lose it. At the bus stop, I come in and I play that song, and it like it makes me realize that I just killed the morning. My perspectives have changed over the last number of years. So, kids' names: Cole, ten; Evie, seven; Stella, five; and Luke, three. So those are your children. Um, so, Mr. John Brio. A um, little bit of background, folks. I'm not going to be doing all the interviews for the podcast but since Trace's close friend since I think friendship was started in grade six roughly um it's a long time. we've had a long long history long road a long road um back from EWS Bluefield High School to 1998 I was playing for the Peterborough Peets and I met a guy by the name of John Brio from Ennismore Ontario that was 1998. 20 years later, you and John have been married for 11, 12 years. 12 years. 12 you years. actually, you told me in 1998 that we were going to get married. Correct. Not me, <clears throat> you, John, John and I. Correct. Yeah. So. You're a good predictor. That, John Brill, what would his theme song be if he were to choose one today? Um, something from Rocky. <laughs> Maybe. I was thinking either he'd go, I was either thinking he'd go sentimental Celine Dion. It could be that. Or it's I the or tiger. Thunderstruck. Thunderstruck is good. Or um, Celine Dion. She's a national treasure. Isn't far off as well. Released new single mm-hmm. yeah. this week. Anyway, moving on. As I said, family background that gives you a bit of an idea of our, our history, and I'm sure we'll dabble into that later. Um, true purpose of us getting Tracy on here. She's a leader in what I would consider the fitness field. Um, role model. What else would you say, Travis? Putting uh, Travis on the spot. Yeah, adjectives quickly. Um, we don't go back 20 years, Travis. Inspiration, I think, I think would be fair um, for a lot of, I don't want to say just women or young women, but um, people at large um, within the 
kind of the, the fitness community or the health community. Um, not to mention aspiring entrepreneurs, I guess. Yeah. For sure. So bring us back, graduate from UPEI, take us up till now. Okay. So that's a lot of years, but we'll, we'll go back. So I graduated with a business degree and um, I don't know if it would be fair to say like a lot of university students, but for me, I definitely graduated with a little bit of delusion that I was going to like all of a sudden know what I wanted to do with my life and be offered a lot of opportunities. Um, and it took me a while to realize that you kind of need to create those opportunities. So in doing that, I kind of stumbled into a lot of jobs I didn't really enjoy. But as a side hustle, I started teaching fitness and doing personal training because I really enjoyed it. So I didn't necessarily know that that was going to be my career path, but I started it because it was something that I just loved to do while I kind of was attempting to figure out my life path. Um, I trained for an Ironman the year after I graduated, it was something that I always wanted to do. And it's kind of funny because even though it was an endurance event, it kind of taught me a lot about life. And when I fast forwarded to years later, when I actually started my own business, um, a lot of things I learned even in the training of the Ironman kind of um, helped me in navigating the entrepreneurial space. Um, in between all that time, I got married, as you said, and had four children. And over the course of the 10 years that I was having my kids, I worked as a trainer and taught in a lot of gyms and saw that a lot of people would show up, feel better after they left, and then oftentimes not come back because life got in the way. And that is kind of what led me into starting my own business to try to help people that just couldn't make that extra time to get to the gym. So why reset? So why the name or why the business? Both. <laughs> so after I had my fourth child, I was in a space of like complete overwhelm and knew that I couldn't go back to doing what I was doing before. <clears throat> and so I wanted to, but I still wanted to teach because I love teaching. And so I decided that I would try to do it from home so that I could still do what I, what I loved, but also knew that there was kind of a space for, for people that kind of had the same problem as me. Life was just busy and they needed something to be simpler. So I thought that it would kind of help solve a problem for them that they could do it from home. Um, I didn't realize in starting it how much of a need for community there was and how important of a piece that is. So that is definitely something that has evolved over the last two years. And I'd say that's almost the priority more so than fitness is developing that community. So I'll ask one more and then Travis. Um, for those like we're familiar with Reset Breathe and what you do and whatnot, can you give us kind of the Cole's Notes version of um, like how your class structure is set up, you know, memberships and whatnot? Sure, so it's an online fitness program it's a subscription-based program where I teach every morning live at 5.30 a.m. from my house, 30-minute classes. And uh, so I teach five times a week. I have a yoga instructor who teaches from her home. I have a girl who does nutrition and cooking classes. And so we have several different contributors, and we all do it in this um, actual private group on Facebook is where it operates. And people can do it live with the instructor, or they can come back and do it later on their own time. 
Does the cooking instructor do it live too? She does. Like, yeah. Like it's kind of like a, she, not a cooking show, but like a, she kind of makes it a cooking show actually. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. It's called cooking with Kate. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Um, one thing that kind of I want to ask Trace is like you talked about having like being on this career path and then deciding to kind of do something different. Um, like what qualities do you think you had or have that allowed you to just kind of decide like, I don't want to do this. This isn't what I like doing. I'm going to do something that I enjoy every day. Um, it's a big risk. It is. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of was at a path, uh, part in my life or a point in my life where, you know, my thirties, I experienced kind of a, a few big, like, events that really like shifted my perspective so getting a little bit deep but a few years ago one of my friends passed away at 33 uh, of cancer and she had a one-year-old son and that whole experience completely shifted my life and it was kind of one of those things where I'm like I could just sort of wallow in this and not do anything about it or I could take it as a massive life lesson and realize how important it is to find joy in the journey and make sure that you're, you know, doing what you're intended to do. I feel like too much, too often today, people are feeling like life has to be a grind and a struggle and feeling like, you know, happiness comes later or happiness comes when you get to a certain point or a success line. And that really shifted for me that we need to sort of, you know, we are the creator of our, of our journey and we have to sort of take it into our own hands and be proactive of of making, of finding joy in the journey and kind of not waiting to get to the end. Nice. Um, it sounds like you're pretty process oriented rather than like, do you, is that something you're mindful of or do you just, um, I know it's hard maybe when you're in it, but like maybe talk a little bit about how, maybe how you view the process versus the outcome or whether you put more weight in into one versus the other. I actually, I don't even know if I've ever really thought of it that way. So by process, you mean just action, taking action on things? Yeah, like just the steps that you... Sometimes I think for me, and some people will probably not agree this is the right way to do things, but I go back even to the Ironman. When I, was, when I trained for the Ironman when I was 23, I had never done a triathlon before. And I didn't really foresee that as being a problem. And I look back at it almost as like, a little bit of ignorance, a little bit of maybe immaturity, but also the fact that I didn't put too much weight into that allowed me not to be distracted by that. And I remind myself of that a lot in terms of entrepreneurship. I was almost like too busy with my kids and had too much going on and I just sort of wanted it to happen. So I didn't really analyze all the things that could go wrong. I just sort of started and sort of figured I'd figure it out as I went. Gotcha. And that's kind of how I've been navigating it. Nice. Um what would you say are your best habits or is it something maybe I don't know like would someone else say that you have certain habits and you would say others or um I think for me just being physically active has literally been I I'm a huge advocate of moving your body for your mental well-being and that has kind of evolved for me more so in my 20s and especially since I've had kids and so for me I know everything I do is better if I take time and exercise and move my body. And so that's a habit that I've kind of established since I was younger and I kept that up after my athletic career was over. 
And I feel like that really plays a role in everything else that I do. And worst habits? Um, I don't put my dishes in the dishwasher. And I'm not very tidy. <clears throat> and just like anything, sometimes I'm a people pleaser, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs are. And so you just have to be mindful of that sometimes that it can steer you off path. And so you have to... I'm practicing and learning on saying no to things that distract me and my priorities. So that's a work in progress. Nice. Um, just one more kind of along that same vein. Like you're, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, you've done an Ironman. What's, like these are all kind of performance, you know, related fields. What does high performance mean to you? Um, I think it shifted a little bit. I mean, whenever I was a kid, high performance was like being an Olympic athlete. And I still like remember my first Olympic experience in 1988. It was the first Olympics I ever watched and remembered. And I used to like go for runs and pretend I was carrying the torch. And I really admitted that to many people. That was when I was like <laughs> 10. Um, so like to me that growing up, that was sort of always high performance, but it's shifted a little bit now because um, I'm an adult and I have children and I feel like sometimes in high performance we you know when we have high performance as our focus other things can get lost and our priorities um, sometimes play a role in that but what I feel like is success in high performance is when you can enjoy the journey the whole time and I think knowing when it's not fun anymore and when you need to make a shift is super important because if you're not staying passionate about what you're doing and enjoying it, then I think that, you know, it kind of loses its, its um, luster a little bit. And it's really important to, you know, you don't want to see an athlete win a gold medal at the Olympics and say that they don't even really love what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So I think that's like, it's really important to make sure that you're always still enjoying it. Yeah. Where were the 88 games? Brazil? Calgary. Calgary? <clears throat> yeah. Calgary. Home turf, home soil. I thought those were the 92 games. But Elizabeth Manley was like my hero growing up, figure I skating. Mixed up. Yeah. Yeah. Everything before like 98. Just your youth. You're young. <laughs> Plus the winter. I like, I focus more on the winter and yeah. the summer. So I get the summer ones mixed up. And I'm young. Very young. Elizabeth Manley won the silver medal in Calgary, where she was from. And she nice. was an upset in 1988. And I still have it on VHS, wow. even though we don't have a VCR. Huh. Wow. So Tracy, talk about not to get off uh, Elizabeth Manley. Um, sure, sounds like that was a pivotal moment. Yeah, in your life. Pivotal. I've watched <laughs> that a lot of I, times. I, I'm just not getting the same feeling. Um, <laughs> if we want to talk about Sidney Crosby's Golden Goal, then I yeah. would, I'd love to go there. Yeah. Or Donovan Bailey's. That was yeah. they were big. That was massive. They were. Yeah. That was massive. Anyway, you talk about just kind of hammer down a little bit more on you focus on day to day. Enjoy what you're doing. Make a difference every day. Be in the moment. Be where your feet are. Do you take time ever um, to sit back and say, okay, here's where I'd like reset, breathe to be in 5, 10, 20 years. Or here's what I want things to look like in, in that same stretch of time. I do. I have a journal. I do kind of like that visual visualization sometimes that I'm having like moments of of stress of like where I would 
like it to be but I feel like when people are like what's your north star I feel like that's I mean everybody has dreams but things change so much in life and I think for me right now the key for maintaining life as an entrepreneur is like knowing if things need to shift what what new roads to take and things change so often so I don't know what reset breed looks like in 10 or 20 years I know that um the community piece of it is something I'm super passionate about and I want to continue to nurture that as long as I'm making an impact and if I can still do that in 10 or 20 years then that's that will be amazing and what it exactly looks like I, I don't know but as long as I still feel like I'm giving something that is a value to people then that will be awesome um I guess I'll ask the next one um, sure, go ahead, Trev. <laughs> mentor. Do you have a mentor or like someone you look up to or maybe looked up to? Um, well, Elizabeth Manley. I have a lot of mentors and I think it's important because especially in the entrepreneurial space, but I think even if you're an athlete as well, um, there are so many distractions and there's so many people that are going to give you opinions that you don't always maybe necessarily aren't always of value and so I think it's really important to surround yourself with people that are further ahead than you or have been down the path already and that um, can give you a little bit of perspective because I've had a lot of opinions and I know one th one mistake I made initially when I started as an entrepreneur is I thought I had to listen to everybody and I quickly realized that's like a very quick path to overwhelm and spiraling yourself downward because I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been told, you know, you're in a really crowded industry, that's a really hard business to make, um, make a go of. I've been told that more times than I've been told the opposite. And so I've learned to just surround myself with people um, that inspire me, that are positive, and that can give me constructive feedback on being better, but also have already been down the road because knowing someone how they, you know, learning from someone on how they navigated through the challenges is super, super important. Um, I guess the next question would be, what's the best advice you've ever been given? Um, the biggest obstacle you will face is yourself. That's good. That's deep. That's good. That's like Ryan Holiday. <laughs> so going, going one step further with, with the, whether it be role models or a mentor or whatnot, um, maybe this one doesn't even have to be local. Are there people, I know you're at a recent conference and maybe we'll get into that next. Are there people who perhaps you follow on Instagram or you've read their books or whatnot who you would recommend other people follow, whether it be through um, nuggets of wisdom or they're inspirational or are there certain things, you know, maybe it's within your Instagram feed that you look for every day where it's like, oh, they're going to, you know, mm -hmm. you really resonate with that. I think one of my favorites right now is Brene Brown. I don't know if either of you are familiar with her, but she's awesome. Um, I like her because she's authentic and she's real. And I think her whole in, like introduction of vulnerability is something that our society needs massively right now because too many people are trying to um, show only the good things and show only the strong sides and people can't relate to that. And I think it's also kind of defeating. So it's really refreshing to find that other perspective of just being vulnerable and knowing that you're open to 
sometimes falling down and then everybody around you is kind of doing the same and getting back up i love her in the arena speech and whenever i'm having a bad day if you guys heard the in the arena speech yeah. youtube yeah. highly recommend that speech and when i'm having a hard day in my business i watch that speech on youtube it's always like shifts things for me and it's kind of fuel so basically what she says in that speech is unless you are in the arena basically getting your ass kicked like i am and putting yourself out there then your input is not of value to me because so many people are going to give you input and and also a lot of times negative input but no one's going to do that if they've already run the race or they're ahead of you it tends to be the people that are trying to get you off track and so it's a good thing to keep in mind to keep perspective um. the other one i love as a mom is i've told you this before chris cat and nat they're hilarious and i just i find um i always go through stages of relating to people in it differently but right now i feel like people need authenticity and they need relatability and they need humor and so those are my two right now she Brene brown has a netflix special is that yes something yeah she does have a netflix a netflix episode and i think she's coming out with something else as well nice. but she's good um just kind of circling back trace you go to these conferences and things and obviously you go to learn something or to better yourself but how do you like there's so much information presumably that gets thrown at you how do you kind of pick out what's most important or you know what i mean like how yeah. do you i think when i got, when i started going to these things i thought i had to take in everything mm -hmm. and i got a bit overwhelmed and i also would feel like complete imposter syndrome and being like what am i even doing here there's a lot of people in suits and i just like don't relate um but what i've kind of even in the last few months, like even just being two years in business, it's kind of a little bit like parenting in a way where like no one knows your kids like you and no one knows your business like you. So I've realized that it's really important to be coachable and to learn from other people. But at the end of the day, you know what your business needs more than anyone else. And sometimes we just need to remind ourselves from that or even take a step away from it and kind of look at it from the outside in but no one knows it as you as well as you and no one's gonna care about it as much as you. So, um, and that passion goes a long way in your decision making. I also find going to these conferences, I learn more from the people that I meet in the seats beside me than I do often from the people on stage. And so it's really important to put yourself out there and just talk to people, even if you're like, I'm an introvert. And so sometimes that feels weird, but some of the people I've met in the seats are, have almost like way more incredible stories to me or I've learned way more from them. Um, and one time I actually met, or twice at these conferences, I met people who've become mentors to me from sitting beside them rather than listening to the speaker, right. people on stage. So gotcha. it's kind of cool. Um, last one for me, uh, any recommended books that you've read or are currently reading? Um, my favorite and my first one I read as an entrepreneur was how to be a badass by Jen Sincero. Yeah. And I am totally drawing a blank on the title of the second one. Um, that's the one that comes to mind. I can get you to put it in the show notes, the other one, but it's- We'll throw it in the show notes. I, I honestly have no idea how that might happen, I, but Travis will figure I it out. I'll figure it out, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 
I need to get you the name. It's, it was the best one I ever read, and it's a short book, so I'm going to have to get you the title. I should have came prepared with that one, yeah. but it's a really good one. Gotcha. So you talk about the arena, the hard days. Tell me maybe one or two things that make a hard day in business-wise and those things that make a really good day. Because I was just talking to a, another local entrepreneur here this morning who's a client, and I was just saying how I'm going to be speaking to a group of, of students from from the college um, tomorrow about entrepreneurship. And I said, it really depends on the day what type of message I'm going to go with. So what are the things that make really good days for Reset Breathe, and what are some of the things that make, you know, on the opposite side? So... I'll start with the tricky ones. So the last few weeks I've been having trouble with my internet connection. And that is obviously a challenge when my business operates 100% online. And so you still have to show up for your clients. And so navigating that and trying to not get stressed um, is hard. But the key, and I've noticed this because the last few weeks I haven't gotten enough rest. And so this is like, massive in terms of high performance or entrepreneurship or parenting or whatever is getting enough rest because it is so much harder to navigate stress and challenges in your business if you're tired and that's why I think the workaholic mentality can get really tricky because you need rest and I need rest in order to show up and do what I do and when I don't make that a priority then everything else kind of starts to spiral um the good days are when I get positive feedback from my clients or I get a note saying um, how being a part of our community has positively impacted them and they're glad they found it. And like that's initially the whole point of why I started the business. And so when I get that feedback, um, you feel like you're kind of rolling in the clouds. But you know, you can literally go from the bad to the good in the span of 10 minutes and then back up again. So it's definitely a roller coaster ride. Um, but I just keep trying to, on the bad days, I always just try to say storms never last and they will pass eventually. And so you just got to put one foot in front of the other. It's good. It's really good. Um, going different direction. Well, not really different, right? same direction now. Looking at, do you believe that there is such thing as a work-life balance? <clears throat> Um, I don't use the word balance because I think balance implies there's a 50-50 split and I know that is not possible in my life. So there's going to be times where my home life requires more than my business does and there's going to be times where my business requires more than my home life. And so I kind of like to use the word harmony. If I can just create harmony between the two and keep my priorities in check, I feel saying no to things outside of my priorities is really important so that I can have less distraction and put my energy into those two things. And I feel like there's too much pressure in making them balanced because they're they're not gonna be. It's like about knowing when one needs more than the other and being easy on yourself through that process. That's kind of what works for me. And again, it's a work in progress, but I mean, there's shifts. Some days your kids are gonna be sick and you need to stay home and sometimes you're gonna have meetings in the evening and you gotta show up for those. And so it's just about be honoring that and and saying no to distractions outside of the two. Do you have any um, rules surrounding that? So for example, 
one rule that, well, not really a rule, but it's a mechanism I think that has helped me is my phone goes to do not disturb like at eight o'clock at night mm-hmm. and it stays on till seven. And I'm like, that's the one mechanism where it's like, okay, Chris, you're not responding. Now that irritates your husband beyond belief. It does. <laughs> because I think He's he, a like, night he likes to text <laughs> and call after the kids are in bed mm-hmm. or to make fun of me if Montreal is losing or, you know, other type things that we might discuss of high importance. Mm-hmm. Do you have any set rules around that, or is everything kind of um, make decisions on the go? Well, I struggle with that. I know that it's that's a good rule, and I but I haven't been good at implementing it yet myself because my business operates out of my phone. I have a hard time shutting it off in the evening, um, and because you know it's I'm sort of a solo team at this point, so. Sometimes it feels like when I shut my phone down, I'm like locking the gym early. You know what I mean? So um, I struggle with putting it down sometimes, even though I know that it's it's important to set those boundaries. So that's something that I'm working on. What my rules are, though, is that my three priorities at the end of the day are my health and my family and my business. And I put health in there because if I don't have that, I can't the other two won't function well or I can't give the what I want to. Um, So for me, it's about setting boundaries around those three things. And if I'm saying yes to something, then I have less yes for those three things. I always go back to that. So I try to not say yes to things that are gonna take me away from those three priorities. Those are kind of my rules. Um, Obviously there's times where that gives a little bit, but I always try to check back into that and that's my favorite quote. If you say yes to something, you have less yes for something else. That's good. It's only so, so much yes to go around. That's right. Only so much yes. Just going to start saying no to everything. Everything. <laughs> I won't do anything. <clears throat> it's hard. It's hard to say no when you want to make people happy. But that's when you need to set those boundaries in place or you're going to burn yourself out. Do you think that's a growth area? Do you think you've gone from being a people pleaser to now not so much because you're in the service industry. Like yeah. You're, you're serving people constantly. Mm-hmm. But do you have a better ability to say no now? I have a better ability to say no to things like maybe outside my business that will take me away from it. It's definitely something I'm still working on. I wouldn't say it's perfected. It's like a muscle that you're training. But I'm definitely better at it than I ever used to be. And... I'm getting better at saying no thank you without having to explain myself, which is also something that's tricky. Not having to justify it. Not having to justify it. Because really, you only work for 30 minutes a day, (laughs) Because you you wrote a, how long is the class, 30 minutes? The class And then you just relax for the rest of the day. Mm. Sarcasm. On paper. For those of you, maybe put that in the show notes, I had a sarcastic rant. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So looking at, if, if I'm someone who, who's in Reset Breather, I'm, I'm looking to get healthier in PEI, but I'm super busy. Um, that's one thing that I could go on a long rant about, about whether you know people are too busy to exercise, or mm-hmm. is that a reason, or is that an excuse, or, or what That's a whole podcast in itself. That's a podcast in itself. That's other than people saying I don't have time, are there mm-hmm. other things that you hear 
you know, for people either opting out of your program or why they're not starting your program? What are some other barriers and, and how do you think we tackle those? I think first people need to do a little deep dive when they start something or start a new path towards their health and then they stop. I think oftentimes people just say, I'm not motivated or it doesn't work for me or I don't have time. Like those are easy, but when you like really dig in a little bit, um, I think a lot of the time for people, it's the same things that keep coming up. And one thing is, I think, and I could go on a long run about this too, but I think a lot of people start a path to being healthy and then they stop because they feel the end goal is something they see on a cover of a magazine and they don't feel that that's ever going to happen for them. And so they think, why, why bother? Um, and I think another reason is that, so part of it is that they don't believe it's possible to be healthier, but I think a lot of the reason is because the ideals that society is, is sharing is are not realistic and not relatable, and we need to kind of change that. So I'm super passionate about changing that message because I think a lot of people are giving up on themselves because they don't understand that health has like a whole recipe of uh, ingredients and it's for the long run and it's about improving the quality of life it's not about achieving a, a physical standard and that's I think even for everybody both in like high level and you know in regular you know everyday people going to the gym or just in general in terms of keeping perspective for your health I also think a lot of people if they grew up in a house that maybe didn't practice healthy habits or they didn't see their parents doing it it's something that it's easy to fall out of because it's never been a habit or they haven't really learned the importance of it and it can be a little harder to break that and I think but I think being aware of that and reminding yourself why you're doing it is really important so that when things get hard, which they always will, and your motivation is always going to have things that are going to affect it, um, then it's easier to stay on track. The third thing I would say would be sometimes when we're starting a path to being healthy is we put, you know, we try to take on or take on too many things at once or make too many changes at once. So going from like not exercising to thinking we have to exercise an hour a day, six days a week. And that's not really really realistic to make such a massive change overnight it's just like if you're training for the olympics you don't all of a sudden just become that high level athlete it's like baby steps and consistency and showing up over the long run and people just need to be reminded this is like my hugest pet peeve in fitness is that there is no quick fix and that you just need to continually show up um, on a regular basis that's not that popular it's not that popular it's hard <clears throat> But it's, but it's the truth. You're both looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna have. I was nodding and agreeing. Yes. It's not that popular. Either. It's not popular, and it's not something that like you know, it sells as easy. But I think that's why so many people give up because the quick fix doesn't happen. And if we stop looking for one and just realize that showing up every single day, even if it's for ten minutes. Um, over the long run is going to make a massive difference. Like, I think when I'm 85, I want to be able to, like, get out of bed on my own and tie my shoes. And, you know, those are, those quality of life things are something that we lose touch on when we, like, see those <laughs> magazine covers. But at the end of the day, that's what it's about, in my mind. It's, we, like, know that it's, it's not popular, but we know that it's, the truth like we know that there's no quick fix it's almost like we hope that 
were wrong about that. I know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> so another thing, Tracy, you touched on, and the, there's, there's really four things that we hear. So I don't have time. I don't want to invest the money. I don't want to, you know, you guys are just looking to make money off me or whatever. You just want a member sell a membership. But another thing is I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so confusing. I go online, like, people are saying this. And I'm like, usually my, my response is, well, you know what not, you know some things to do. You know that walking is good for you. Mm-hmm. You know that perhaps, you know, if you did like a couple push-ups in the morning, that'd be good for you. Mm-hmm. Or if you take the stairs instead of the elevator, that's good for you. Mm-hmm. Going outside is better than sitting on the couch. That's good for you. And then you talk about things, well, I think we know what not to eat. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to get McDonald's after me or, or any of the other fast food chains, but there's certain things on their menu that you probably know aren't conducive to a healthy diet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know that ice cream is not good for me, but I make that error in judgment pretty well on a weekly basis, <laughs> daily in summer. Um, but yeah, it, it's just that it's that hard, hard sell to those people. You mentioned kind of the idea of success, and I the book I'm reading right now it interviews I think twenty to thirty some people. Um, and the first question is, what is success to them? How would you define success? So that has like evolved majorly for me over the last number of years. Um, I've been to a lot of these conferences lately, and I've watched people on the stage that are, you know, on paper massive successes and have, are making, you know, tons of money and they have status. Um, and then, like, you find out that they have like no quality of life and they don't get to see their kids and they're not even really happy because they're just so driven by that like you know success line and that's achieving that status and so for me I think if you can get up every day and love what you do and know that you're actually putting value into the world and making a difference in people's life and you're paying your bills and feeling good about it then to me um, that's success there is a lot of people against you know that I've sat next to in some of these conferences and when you like sit and listen to what they're doing and the value they're creating or even like when I look at teachers and like how important that job is and they might not get the same kind of status as some of these entrepreneurs that are um, making tons of money but like their job is so 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 important and so to me saying that someone who makes more money, you know, is more successful than them, you know, that's, that's shifted a lot for me over the past number of years, because it really, at the end of the day, I think it's about impact, and if you are making impact and loving it at the same time, then to me, that's the secret. That's good. Any other questions? Before I go into my, we're getting a bit long here now. Yeah, what do you got saved? I got something on my sleeve. I have like a like a like a couple of rapid fire questions. Oh, okay. It's making me a bit nervous. Well, I was. Gonna it s- should be. Yeah, I was gonna save this for the end, but this is a good a time as any, I think. Okay. Um, so your website, Trace, your podcast, social media. Where do mm-hmm. people find you? My website is resetbreathefit.com, and my Instagram is at resetbreathe and podcast reset breathe show which is just brand new we're just kind of starting this at the same time rolling it out together not competition not competition competition. we are very much in support of each other 
Okay, glad we made that clear. Um, <laughs> four quick questions. I've taken one out because it seemed to have hit a bit of a soft spot here today. Okay. Previously on our 45-minute rant prior to turning on the microphone. Prior to pressing record. Yes. Um, Starbucks or receiver coffee? I have Starbucks right in front of me. Travis is not happy about Oh, sorry. That. <laughs> Starbucks? Um, live in concert, Tina Turner or Celine Dion? Tina Turner. Tina, Tina, really? Tina Turner was one of the best concerts I have ever seen. And she turned 80 yesterday. But you've never seen Celine Dion? I have not. But Neither have I. I have to admit, I just don't think I could deal. Um, oh, I can. I yeah. can definitely deal. You won't be invited to that one. <laughs> Me and John will be going to that one. Yeah. Or Keith Urban. Uh, Tina. Team Tina. I did lip sync to Tina Turner in grade 12. I, I was hoping that you would bring that up instead yeah. of me. Um, so those two are the questions. Third question. Now this one you can tread very lightly. Who wins the following marathon? John Brio at age 40 or Wayne Garens at age 40? <laughs> Wayne is Tracy's dad. Who is mm. a distinguished marathoner back in his heyday? Mm-hmm. Who wins? And that's a very tricky question. It's <laughs> a tricky question. <laughs> Chances are that John may listen to this podcast over my dad, so I may lean towards him. If it was a head-to-head race and they were racing each other, John's great. <laughs> you think John will need a cane <laughs> to walk away from that marathon. He may. Yeah. If you do remember, Travis, do you remember the Brookvale Ultra where I was John left with, with the cane? I yeah, because he, <laughs> he stubbed his toe on what kilometer? He kicked a tree on kilometer eight. Kilometer eight and proceeded to finish out a 25 kilometer race with a wrong turn. It was really so 29. Really yeah. about 29, yeah. Yeah. He, he might make his way out of the podcast at some point. I hope the, so. And then he did the marathon or the half. The half, but yeah. But still, he recovered quickly. He did. Yeah. Yeah. He, he deserves a podcast. He so, is still in I'd rather have a panel discussing him <laughs> for a whole... I think... Because like, Mr. Cusack would have to come in, and Mr. Todd James, perhaps. And each member wears their favorite team's jersey. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think it would descend into bickering pretty quickly. Yes. Um, I might not be there for that one. <laughs> I will not be. Yeah. So to close this out, any other comments? Travis, Trace, will give you the floor. If not, then... Uh, um, thanks for coming. Obviously, I know you're super busy and you got tons going on. Um, so to make time for to sit around a table and talk for an hour is appreciated. It was fantastic. It's fun. You, yeah. And you can keep that book Thank until you. you're done reading it, and then we appreciate you bring it back to the <laughs> I, I Book Library. Is your book or mine? It's not mine. Let my people go surfing. I like that. It may have a library number on the side. It's not the PI. It would have a pin on the side. All righty. Goodbye, everyone. We'll see you next week. Thanks for having me.